This month, TribCast is focusing on mental health issues in the La Crosse area. And according to the National Alliance on Mental Health, about one in five adults in the United States suffer from mental illness each year. If you or someone you know needs help, don't hesitate to call 911-211 or dial 608-784-4357. Welcome to TribCast, the flagship podcast of the Lacrosse Tribune. I'm digital news editor Scott Rada, and we are joined today by Dave Clements, who is the uh, with the Joe Was Just Joe Foundation, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. And you may, folks around here may remember him for his 11 years with Explore Lacrosse. Thanks for joining us. Again, my honor, my privilege. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate the chance to talk about um, suicide and mental health and uh, everything that wraps around that whole uh, topic. And you've been uh, doing this now for more than 10 years. Uh, actually, 11 years. Um, my son passed on March 10th, 2008, and uh, we started the foundation shortly after that. I was reading a story because you've been pretty, uh, been talking about this for a while, pretty openly, and something not everybody, not all people feel openly able to talk about. But um, you, you said in a story in the Tribune a while ago that uh, even the day of his death, you were you you really kind of felt you had a mission. Um, it's a calling that I didn't, I didn't look for in life. It found me. Um, but the morning after he passed away, I told my wife, we're going to start a foundation and we're going to save lives. And uh, we have done that. Um, and we've been successful with that. So I'm, I'm pleased by that. It's sad that um, my son is gone. It still hurts. But uh, he has motivated me to do this work. And... I continue to do the work, and I'm, I'm. I know we've saved lives. And you were, and you were saying just before we started today, there an incident happened recently where you're you're pretty sure you did. Oh, I, there's no question that I did. Um, I met a lady at uh, the fitness festival, which occurred a few weeks ago, and she said, "I know who you are." And I said, oh, she said, well, I know about you and I know about your son and I know about your foundation. She said, my daughter attempted suicide. And afterwards, I sat her down and told her about Joe and about your foundation. And, and, and she said, it saved my daughter's life. And so we talked for a little while longer. And as she walked away, I said, thank you. You made my day. She stopped and turned around and looked back at me and said, no, thank you. You saved my life, and you made my life. And so I know that that we have impacted people. Um, that is the sixth story hmm. I have like that. That's the most recent one. But I can document six lives that we have saved. And I, other people have said to me, I'm sure there are more. And there probably are. But those are the six that I'm aware of. And, and you certainly know that this is an issue that a lot of people are reticent to talk about. No one wants to talk about it, and everyone's afraid to talk about it. Um, one of my frustrations is that people make silly jokes about, oh, I'm having such a bad day, I should kill myself. And you know, they make jokes about it, and yet it's, it's not a joke. You know? And um, I had a friend make a similar comment just last Sunday, 
And as soon as he did it, he looked at me and said, I'm sorry, and apologized. He, he knew it wasn't funny, and yet people continue to do it. And, you know, it just, it, it's, it's a very serious matter. Um, suicide is, affects 30,000 plus families a year in this country. And it's something that we need to talk about. And I've made it my mission the last 11 years to be very open about it, to be very vocal about it, uh, and to talk about mental health and to talk about preventing suicide because it's, it's curable. It's, it's a process that people go through in their mind to get themselves to that point, but we can pull them back from that. And we can do, we can do things, it's curable. We can do things that will make people realize that suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And we all have temporary problems in our lives, but they can be overcome and we can win that fight. We just have to convince those people that suicide is not the answer. And certainly through your foundation's good work and and other uh, efforts in this community, would you agree that there is more conversations happening around this topic than there was 10, 15 years ago? Absolutely, no doubt about it. Um, you know, when we started the Joe Was Just Joe Foundation, there was really not a lot of conversation in the community about it um, or on a national basis. Uh, but even locally, we now have uh, the Mini Donut Half Marathon, which focuses on that. The Lacrosse Suicide Prevention Initiative had just started mm. when we started the Joe Is Just Joe Foundation. And you know, like the mental health first aid training that has just recently has gone on um, is another uh, part of it. The Joe Is Just Joe Foundation recently uh, donated $3,000 to the Lacrosse Police Department to send two officers to uh, a week's worth of training so that they could become trainers for dealing with people in mental health crisis. So these two police officers went to this week-long training where we've, we funded that training, and then they came back and have trained every lacrosse police officer in the mental health, mental health first aid program, how to deal with people in, in crisis. So those are the kind of things that are going on now that you know, 10, 15 years ago were not going on. And there was a recent event where a few members of the police department did some training on mental health first aid. And I think, again, that's just one example of, of taking an issue that I would say should have been talked about decades ago, but really bringing it much more to the front and center of people's minds. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, was, I, I participated in that program. I was there for that event, and uh, they did a really nice job. We had, hundred I think, 120 people in attendance at that event, and they're talking. Uh, I already made an offer to them to help fund it for next year, so I think it'll become an annual event. And obviously, in, among it takes awareness and people willing, like you, willing to talk about this. But you've mentioned a couple times that this takes some some money and some and some fundraising. Is that something? If people are listening to this and 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 this is a something they care a lot about, what's the best way for them to help? Um, we do we take donations. Obviously, I mean we've we've raised lots of money over the last eleven years. Uh, we do a. F- a couple of fundraisers. We just had one recently, a small one, but our annual fundraiser is usually every fall during the football season. 
um, Schmitty's Barn Restaurant, uh, which is uh, owned by my cousin, every year graciously donates um, the use of their facility and uh, 20% of their proceeds to uh, a fundraising event that we host there. Uh, we do it on a Sunday during a Packer game. Uh, this year it'll be Sunday, November 3rd. And, uh, but if people want to donate, they can go to joewasjustjoe.com. And I, I'm not able to take donations over through the, our website, but they, if they can mail a check to our house um, at 2026 Barnaby Road, Joe Was Just Joe Foundation. Uh, and they can get more information about the foundation at joewasjustjoe.com. And just to tell the story about how the name came about, mm -hmm. I think it's important to people to know that. Um, Joe died on a Monday afternoon, and that next morning, um, my wife and I, neither one of us slept that night. I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, we are standing in the kitchen, and I said, we're going to start a foundation, and we're going to save lives. And my wife says, okay, uh, what are you going to call it? And I said, we're going to call it Joe Was Just Joe. And she said, you can't do that. And I said, why not? Well, she said, he wouldn't like that. And I said, he's not here to argue with me. He loses. I win. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what I said. And I, and I wasn't being uh, mean or anything. Joe was an antagonist in sense. Joe liked to debate things with you. Joe was a smart kid, um, a good kid, a solid kid who just got into the black hole and couldn't find his way out even though we had him in treatment and he didn't like taking his meds. But Joe was unique. And we always said when Joe was alive, oh, it's just Joe. Joe is just Joe. And, I mean, that was just, we accepted Joe for his uniqueness, which he was. And smart kid, um, I recently ran into one of his teachers, and he, his computer teacher, in fact, and he was telling me some stories about Joe that I didn't know about, about some things in, in computer class. And he even told me, and, which he had told me previously, and I had, but he reinforced it that Joe taught the teacher stuff. Mm. And so he was, he was a good, solid, smart kid who, you know, the depression and the darkness just overcame him and he lost his battle. Um, he had a plan. Joe had a plan. He was, when he was, I don't know, 12, 13 years old, told me that he was going to be a computer gamer programmer. He was going to write software for computer games. And I said, that's a great goal, Joe. I like that. That's cool. And I was impressed. You know, here at 12, heck, I was, I didn't have a clue <laughs> what I was going to do in the world. Um, but at 12, 13 years old, he knew what he wanted to do. And, and so he was pretty smart in the computer area, all self-taught. Um, and then so when he told me that about being a gamer programmer, I said, well, you know, that's a pretty select group. What if that doesn't work out? He said, well, I got a backup plan. I'll, uh, I'll go to work as an IT guy in some, for some company. Uh, I, was, I mean, the kid knew what he wanted to mm -hmm. do in life, and he was, he was sharp and smart and personable, and I had lots of good friends. And um, was a, he, was, he was an okay student, um, but he was, he had, if he didn't like the course, he, got an, he did enough work to get a C and get <laughs> by. And if he loved the course, I mean, he got straight A's. And that was just because he knew what he liked and what he enjoyed, and it was good. But he, we, you know, we never had worries about his grades or anything like that. He just he, he knew what he wanted to do in life, and I thought that was pretty cool. And so when we started the foundation and I said it's going to be Joe was just Joe, 
because when he was alive, it was Joe is just Joe. And so his, his legacy lives on. And if you look at the logo on our lo and logo on our, uh, it's, it's got f four p components to the logo. The, the top piece is a computer. The, the next piece is um, a book with a pencil on it. He liked to read and liked to write. Uh, he and his sister wrote plays that uh, they acted out in the summer with the neighbor kids. He, was, he wrote short stories in the summer all the time. Um, and then he taught himself to play the guitar and I mean, he, he no lessons, but he knew my favorite song was Stairway to Heaven. Mm -hmm. So one day I came home, and sure enough, I hear in his, heard down the hallway in his bedroom, I can hear him playing Stairway to Heaven. And I walked down the hall, and I said, when did you learn to play that? And he said, oh, just the last couple of days. I said, wow, that's impressive. He said, well, I knew it's your favorite song, Dad. Mm -hmm. So he was, you know, a good young solid kid who had like I said lots of good friends and was a good person and and then the last component in the the logo is uh, our yellow lab Riley who is still alive and with us 13 mm -hmm. years old but so when we developed the logo I, I wanted it to represent Joe and who he was as a person and what he had done in his life up to that point and it, it came out pretty well yeah. I thought so and, and let's say somebody's listening to this right now and they may think they know a Joe in their life that they're close to, but they're just afraid to have that difficult conversation. What would your advice be? Well, I'm, I'm, thank you for asking that question because it's a, it's a great question, and I think people are afraid to, to, to have that conversation. You have to have that conversation. And the first question you should be asking that person is, are you thinking about harming yourself? Are you thinking about taking your own life? Are you th have you thought about suicide? And those questions are questions that you need to ask if you think the person is in crisis. And asking those questions will not make that person commit suicide. The, it's proven fact. The, the, all the healthcare professionals will tell you that. Because if you thinking that that person's thinking about it, trust me, they've been thinking about it a long time already. So asking the question, are you thinking about suicide, is not going to push the person over the edge. If anything, it's going to give them the opportunity to say, yes, I'm in struggling. Yes, I need help. And then the, the key issue is go get them help. Make sure they go get help. If you have to, take them by the hand to get help. Go call a healthcare professional. If, if they say, yes, I'm really serious about thinking about suicide right now, then you need to take them to the emergency room now um, because they are serious. If someone is in, in that mode, they're, they're serious about it, okay? And again, I'll go back to what I said earlier. Suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem, and we all have temporary problems, okay? It can be overcome. We've cured cancer per se, okay, now we haven't totally cured cancer, but you know we've made great progress. At Mental health issues are curable, just like cancer okay there's treatments there's there's drugs there's there's ways of helping people who are in mental health crisis and we as a society have to be do more about it be more vocal about it um, I have a frustration with with uh, insurance companies who uh, find ways of uh, avoiding paying for mental health care um, you know 30,000 lives a year are lost 
in this country by suicide and a lot of those people haven't had the, the care they need sometimes because they haven't asked for it or somebody else hasn't taken them to get it but also because maybe they can't afford it or the health insurance companies don't cover it and and there's also in some communities the stigma around what it means to admit that you have a problem absolutely huge stigma stigma is a big issue uh, within society even yet today even though we've we've taking it out of the closet, taking it out of the darkness. Um, there is still a lot of stigma involved with, um, you know, saying you have mental health issues. I love that the, you know, some companies have a, a policy of have a mental health day, you know, take a mental health day. And because, you know, life is stressful. And, and I mean, it's, I think it's even more stressful now than it's ever been. Um, and I have great empathy for, for parents with young children who are, you know, trying to cope with all the things that goes on, the pressures of school, um, you know, especially you get kids in middle school and high school and the pressure for grades and to be successful and to maybe get into college or what are they going to do with their lives after high school, you know, finding a career, finding a way to navigate life is so stressful. So part of our job as, as a society is to take care of each other. And so when I spoke to students at UWL and Viterbo and Western a lot when I was in the tourism industry, uh, I would speak on tourism and economic impact. And I did a fair amount with different professors at those three institutions, but I would always take a minute or two at the end of my presentations to talk about mental health. You know, and college students in particular uh, worry me because many of them are away from home for the first time. They're their core support system of siblings and parents are no longer in their life on a daily basis. They're in a new environment. There's the pressure of grades, the pressure of tuition, paying for tuition, whether it's, you know, taking loans or working a job, what have you. So they have a lot of pressure in their life. And, and so my message to all these uh, young adults uh, was that they have a responsibility to take care of each other. And if you see a roommate or a classmate or if you're on a sports team and it's a teammate um, who is struggling and, deal, and not coping well with the stress and the pressures, um, that they need to get involved in that person's life. They need to ask them, are you doing okay? Are you struggling? Do you need help? And then if they say yes, then help them. Get, take them to student services. You know, campuses, most of the campuses have great programs that allow for uh, professionals to help these individuals uh, on, on students uh, get help. So it's, it's, it's a good thing when you, when you have a concern and you express the concern. If you have the concern, then you should say something. And if the person says, no, I'm doing fine, well, great. Mm -hmm. But you know what? If you, if you have a concern, and say something. It does, it, it, there's nothing lost by saying something. Well, it sounds like you've spent the past... 11 years saying quite a lot and have demonstrated uh, how important that's been in our community and and uh, thanks for that um well like i said at the beginning this topic found me i i didn't go seeking it it found me and it it has become my life's work and my uh, my mission and uh, we've saved six lives that i can document and i i'm hoping that as we move forward in the years to come that I can say we've saved many more 
because it's important work and the best thing to do is to shine a light on it and talk about it and make it uh, something that is common discussion. And again, I ask your listeners that if you're making a comment about how you're having a bad day, don't don't say something stupid like, oh, I should kill myself, even though you're just saying it as a joke. It's really, it's really sad and it's somewhat insulting to someone like myself who has lost my son that way. And you know, we have a mailing list of 2,400 people on that on, that we mail to every year. And recently I went through that list, and I think I counted eight or nine uh, names uh, that had a son or a daughter or a dad or a brother or a sister uh, who had taken their own life. So that uh, right there, just in those 2,400 or eight or nine families that had been impacted by suicide, it's pretty prevalent and it's unfortunate. So uh, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. Um, I think it's an important topic. I think it's something that as we move forward as a society, we need to continue to have frank, honest, open conversations. And uh, kudos to you, uh, Scott, and the Tribune and for taking this, uh, taking this topic and making it in the forefront of people's mind. Well, thank you for sharing your story, and again, for all the good work you do, and thanks for joining us for TripCast. My, tri- my pleasure. Thank you very much. 